Thank you so much for joining us for this journey through the book of Romans by Pastor Sumiko Stroud of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located in Bremen, Georgia. To find out more information about our ministry, just log on to www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is Pastor Sumiko Stroud with the final part in the series entitled Journey Through the Book of Romans. This is part number 12. We've been journeying through Romans for a little while now, and we're finally at the end uh, of Romans. So today we're going to talk about Romans 15 and 16. Okay, and they are part of Romans 15 has a little bit to do with last week when we're talking about service. And then 16 is pretty much... Paul doing his shout outs, you know, and they have on the radio when you call in and they say, I want to give a shout out to this person and that person. And you name all your friends and family and whatnot. Well, that's a little bit of what Paul does in chapter 16. But in chapter 15, uh, what we're talking about, again, is we're still looking at unity in the church. And that is such a, a huge thing, if we can accomplish unity in our local ministries, and then not only just inside uh, these four walls, if we could all be unified as Kingdom Rock, and then if we could get all of the local churches to be unified as the body of Christ, there is no end to what we could accomplish. Uh, the fact that we are be, could be able to operate together as a group is nothing short of the miraculous, right? That is the maybe the only kind of miracle you know anybody would ever see. Now I know we, you know, I, we believe that God will heal people and that He has healed people, and we've seen that happen, and that is miraculous. I believe that if God so cho cho chose to in this day and time, He could raise someone from the dead. That would truly be miraculous. And you hear about people who was blind and their eyes are open, whose limbs, you know, your arms and legs grow out where there wasn't one before. All of that equally miraculous. But to me, even more than all of those, is to be able to get a group of people who say they believe the same thing to get along. That would be truly a miracle of God. And that's what we should be striving for as Christians is unity. Now, when Paul talks about unity, he acknowledges that there's going to be two different groups of Christians. There's going to be the weaker and there's going to be the stronger. What separates us is what we call discernment when we can discern how we can look at something and, and understand it as what discernment is. And so we have what we call weaker saints. Now, that's not to be used in a derogatory manner, not saying that they're any less saved or any less Christians or any less, you know, born again or, or that the stronger ones are God's favorites or anything like that. But weaker as opposed to stronger has to do with our faith level. And our faith level has to do with our understanding or our discernment. If we have an understanding of grace and what it means to walk in grace, uh, if we can rightfully discern that, then we're going to be stronger in some areas than someone who doesn't have an understanding of that. Because you remember we talked about how 
the first church, the early church, was made up primarily of uh, Christian Jews. And so you had people coming from a background that was very legalistic, a lot of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, and that was what they were holding to. So that made them weaker in the aspect of they did not have a full understanding of what it meant to walk in the grace of God. And then you had, of course, on the other hand, uh, those Christians, early Christians that were Gentiles that had grown up without uh, the legalism, without the rules and regulations, without the law. And so they were able to fully appreciate um, grace. And so in that area, they were stronger. But there were some things that maybe they didn't know fully how to worship God or fully be able to understand um, his, you know, divinity and his awesomeness and his, you know, power. And so they may have been weaker in those areas. So when we observe the fact that we are going to be different, that we are going to be at different levels, and when we come to grips with that doesn't mean I'm better than you. That just means that I've been able to get, I have an understanding of this that maybe you don't have an understanding of. Then we can walk together in unity. And what that means that what we have to do and the scripture tells us to bear uh, the infirmities, you know, of one another. When we are stronger in an area, what that means to bear up those that are weaker doesn't mean to just tolerate them. No, because when somebody's just tolerating, you can tell when somebody's like, well, okay, I'm put up with you because you have nowhere else to go. So, all right, because God said we need to love each other. You know, when people are being condescending, oh, you'll get it eventually. That's all right. I know I've been, I've been in the way longer than you. And some people are in the way of uh, other people. <laughs> But when we bear one another, that means that we are encouraging one another. Not tolerate, but we want to encourage each other. So I'm strong in an area. Let's take um, case in point. What We always talk about money at church because um, we talk about money everywhere. If you think about it, money is just if you either you either don't have enough or you have a lot, you know, when you don't have a lot, that comes with its own set of problems. When you have way more than you can use, that comes with its own set of problems. And if you're stuck in the middle, that comes with its set of problems, right? Because you're trying to get to this end and you don't want to get back to that end and you're sort of strapped in the middle. So whatever level that you're on, money, you know, plays a role in our lives. And, you know, it's money because that's our means of exchange. If we used apples instead of dollars, well, then everybody, first in everybody's mind would be apples, right? We'd be trying to get apples. But since it's money, we'll talk about money. So now, let's case in point, let's talk about tithing. If you have an understanding of what it means to tithe, if you have discerned, properly discerned what that means and the blessings that come from it, and what that entitles you to, then, and if there's the person next to you has not, if they're still struggling with that, well, you don't, you know, look at them, I don't understand what the problem is. It's just 10%, just give it, be done with it. Be grateful that you're at a level of understanding, and then encourage your brother and sister, right? Because we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different things, and some of us may have been taught tithing incorrectly. We may have seen it played out incorrectly. I remember years ago, I was a um, 
that knew some people uh, before we were Kingdom Rock. Um, and they were just new coming into the ministry. I mean, they had not grown up in church. I mean, they were adult people and they were new coming to Christ. Uh, and they had given their lives to the Lord and they you know, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So they were very new. Oh, excuse me. I forgot the earrings. They were very new. And so when it came to tithe and offering, they were learning um, about tithing. And they wanted to do, you know, when you first give your life to the Lord, you're all excited and you want to do everything, you know, that leadership is telling you to do because this is new for you. And so they were learning about tithing. And so they, you know, had some financial situations going on. The earring makes a clicking noise on the microphone. Yeah, I was getting some looks like, why is she undressing? So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it makes a little clicking noise. Okay. Come on back, y'all. Okay, so anyway, they were trying to get an understanding of everything, you know, because they wanted to serve God. They were great. You know, we were grateful once we find out. When we come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you are, if nothing else, you are so overwhelmed with gratitude uh, that you're just willing to, whatever, Lord, I just want to serve you. And so um, the message, that, you know, about tithing was that you, you better tithe. You got to, you know, no, that's, it was almost like taught as part of being saved. If you don't tithe, you aren't born again. And so they were struggling, you know, trying to get, you know, money right, you know, sort of thing and trying to get bills paid and they were making just enough. And so it, you know, question came, well, all I have is enough to pay my electric, you know, I have my money for my bills. Do I take pay my tithe first? And then what about my bills? And so they were sort of put to them like, you better pay your tithe and you know, worry about the electric bill later, or whatever, God will open the door for the electric bill. Well, so they did that. And they didn't pay their electric bill. And so their electricity was turned off. <laughs> and so they were, you know, upset. They're like, well, wait a minute. You did what, we, what you told us to do. Their zeal for God was diminished at that point. Now, what would have been the proper way to explain that to somebody? We explain tithing. Yes, the Bible teaches that we ought to tithe. It is, um, you know, an honor giving glory to God, believing that I wouldn't have had any of it except for he blessed me to get it. And the least I can do as an act of my gratitude, as an act of my worship, is to give a percentage, the 10% to him, believing uh, that he will give me wisdom and knowledge as to how to use the 90, that he will help me be better in my business dealings and that I will be, you know, a better steward because at the end of the day, it all belongs to him, but he's only requiring a portion. He's letting me keep most of it. Now, that's uh, an area where I have that discernment, right? But I've been in this thing for a little while and and that's come over some some time of learning and growing and praying and that's the point where i am now they were just starting out so to explain to them what tithing was is one thing but then you have to leave it to them that was their choice are you at the point now where you can say, I believe this is what I need to do. I'm going to do this. And then you remember we talked about consequences last year. I'm going to, uh, last, Lord, last year, last week. 
I'm going to do this and whatever the consequences are, I believe that God is able. And if my, if I don't have more money coming in for my electric bill and my lights are, you know, disconnected, well, fine, I will serve the Lord in, in the dark and I still believe that he is able. If you are at that point, that is wonderful. Then do that. But if you are not at that point, then do I look down my nose at you and say, I can't, I thought you loved the Lord. I can't believe you not all he wants is 10%. No, I encourage you and I love you all the same. And we help us. Okay, that's fine. We're getting there. You will keep praying uh, for wisdom and we'll keep praying for insight on this thing. But at the end of the day, your relationship with the Lord is what's important that we believe on him because is tithing part of my salvation? Was that what, when he tells me what I must do to be saved, is that a part of it? No, but it is a part of my growing relationship with him. You remember we talked about uh, the, the growing fellowship that we have with him. So if you're not at the point of tithing, then that's a goal to aspire to. But that's something that you deal with God in your individual prayer time. It's important and it's a blessing in it, but it is an act of faith. And we can't do anything based on anybody's faith but our own. And if my faith is there and I can do that, but your faith is not, then we still love and encourage each other. And that's how we're able to walk in unity. I'm not looking down my nose at you and you're not, you know, telling me, well, you know, or chastising me saying that I think I'm too religious uh, because I do this thing. No, that goes into the area of our personal fellowship with Jesus Christ. And so it's important for us to be able to recognize that as brothers and sisters in the body, we are part of the same family, but there are going to be some differences between us. In our own natural families, you can have children that grow up with the same parents in the same household with the same opportunities, and they turn out different, don't they? Because they are different people. And there'll be some things, like I look at in my own household growing up, my brother is very good with building things with his hands. He can look at something. He can, you know, take the measurements of a room, you know, just by looking and calculating. He can look at a piece of wood and imagine it to be something and then get the proper tool and make it something. Can I do that? No, I can't. He can look at blueprints and they mean something to him. I look at them and I'm like, okay, can you show me, is that the size of my bedroom? I mean, I have to give, give me a room I've been in and then if you say, okay, we're going to build something that's 12 by 12, is that the size of my office or is that the size of the kitchen? Which way? <laughs> is that the kitchen? Okay, so we're going to add another room the size of the kitchen. I can work with you. Yeah. I look at a piece of wood and they're like, because we had a meeting the other day and they were talking about, well, we put some, what is it, insulation and roll it down through. I'm like, how you roll something on the top of the wall? I'm like, what? I don't see it. Please help me. I, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm a fairly intelligent person. That kind of stuff doesn't come natural to me. Put me in front of a computer with a blank piece of paper, and I can look at that piece of paper and see, I can ask these people for $10,000 and get it. 
you know, I, that, that were in my, you know, my wheelhouse, so to speak. I can do that. But now when my brother looks at a piece of paper and paperwork, he's like, I don't understand, you know, I don't see how you do any of this. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's easy. You know, I'm balancing a checkbook on this side while I'm writing checks out with this hand. And I, you know, I can get things going in there. But that's what I can do. Those are areas where my strengths are. Now, wouldn't it be crazy for me to look down at him, look down on him because he can't do what I do, and then him to look down on me because I can't do what he can do? No. As a team, he can say, this is what we need to build. This is what it will take to build it. And I can say, and he can tell me this is what it will cost. And I can say, well, you got enough for half that building. You want to do half that building? Because <laughs> this is what we can't afford. Or we can, if you can take some of that out, we can do the whole building and then come back and add some more later. You see how we complement each other. The body of Christ, when we do things as we should, you will find that we complement each other. Where one is weak, another will be strong. Where one is strong, the other will be weak. But we will come together and if we walk in unity, we can get more accomplished. There's a lot of things that have to be done for a local church to be able to prosper. It takes more than one or two people to make those things happen. And it takes more than just one local church. People always joke about how, how many churches there are in an area. Well, if you've ever been to more than one church, you notice that they all have a different kind of flavor. Right. We're all, if we're doing what's right, we're teaching Jesus Christ, but we may do it in a manner that's a little bit different. And that's so wonderful because the people are different. And there will be one place where you can go and you can hear the word of God and you may get it or you may not get it. And then you go in another place and you think, oh, this is wonderful. It's like I've never been in church before in my whole life because that's the place where you fit. Right. That's a place that's going to be good for you, a place where you can grow and mature so you can do what? What is our ultimate goal when we are in here is to get the word of God in such a way that our lives are changed so that we can go out and do what? Share it with someone else. And that's what Paul did. And he talks a little bit about um, his missionary journey, so to speak, is that is his goal not to just carry the word uh, to churches that are already there. He doesn't want to go where somebody else has already taken the gospel, but he wants to go someplace where someone's never been. And that should be our goal. Uh, we don't want to. Now, there will be because um, several of us in here are here and used to be at other churches. But our whole congregation should not be made up of people who just came from another church. Not as long as there are people out there who've never been. Right? Our goal should ultimately be to go those places like Paul, go those places where the gospel has not been preached and take the good news to them. And then, you know, they can come in and become a part and they may become a part of our church or they may come in and think, well, I mean, there's something, but I really need, you know, something else. And so they may go and be another part of a church. But the ultimate thing is that they've come and, and they are become a body of part of the body of Christ, because that's our first and foremost goal. Right. We want to be part of the body. You get somebody part of the body of Christ, he will show them what church they need to be a part of. 
So we don't, you know, you go out and when we invite people to church, it is so they can hear the gospel. But you can cut out the middleman. You could go ahead and share them, share with them the gospel and teach them um, salvation and lead them into salvation and then say, well, you need to be a part of a local church. You want to come with me and check out mine? And that's what we need to do. Let's not put all the work on the pastor and you just, well, come to church with me, come to church with me. And they're like, well, I just want you to come. You'll hear something. There's something going to be going on there you need. I can't tell you about it now. Just come to church with me. And sometimes we do. Have you ever caught yourself? You just, you don't invite people to Jesus. You just invite them to church. I just want you to come to church with me. It's going to be good. And then you come in and sit. I hope he says something good. <laughs> what if he doesn't? What if it's one of those, you know, a Sunday and we know, I don't know. And you're looking, are they receiving it? Did you get that? Did you get that? And we get so stressed out. Let God do what he's going to do in their lives. Share the gospel with people. You know, let's, we can lead, let's lead them to Christ. Of course, invite them to church, but don't let it be like such a mystery Jesus is what you're going to hear about when you get here. I'm going to share some with you now and then come on and you can see how this whole Christianity thing operates. We can do that, but don't let it just be, just come to church. I'm not going to tell you why. Just come on. There's something good there. Okay. We want to go out and be missionaries, but we want to walk in unity. So remind yourself when you find yourself getting annoyed because you, you, we will get annoyed with one another. When people say, oh, y'all are Christians. Y'all are ever supposed to get upset. We will become annoyed with one another because we're people. And people get on each other's nerves. No matter how close your family is, you get on each other's nerves. And you say your, what you, you, know, you speak your mind and you walk on. And then you come back in a few minutes and say, okay, you want to go to lunch? <laughs> are, are we done with that? Are we still upset? And we need to be able to do that as Christians too. Sometimes when we become part of a, of a local church, we will wear our feelings on our sleeves and we will put up with stuff from some of everybody else. But people in our church family just have to look at us the wrong way one time. And I'm not ever going back to that church anymore. I just, I'm not there. Let's not be that way. Our goal is to be unified. If somebody does something and they get on your nerves, then pull them to the side and say, you just got on my last nerve. I really wish you would stop saying that. Let them know. And then when somebody tells you that, don't get your feathers all up in the you know, ruffle. Just say, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Or you get on my nerves too. So how does it feel? Just <laughs> paying you back. You know, but we, at the end of the day, we ought to be able to say, you know, all right, let's agree to disagree on this thing. And I love you. And we're going to be okay. We're going to work this thing out and we're going to be fine. And we're going to show each other the love of Christ because we're not judging one another. Remember we talked about before, we will all as Christians stand uh, before God. We will stand before the judgment seat of, of God, the, the Bema seat, but it won't be other Christians judging us, will it? No, it will be the Lord judging us, not based on our sins, but based on our works after we've become born again. So not whether or not you're worthy to be in heaven. No, you're in there, but this is a reward system, so to speak. So you don't get to judge people up there, and there's really no point in you judging people down here. 
You know, let's just try to do what we can do uh, to live the life that we need to live and realize that, and don't hold it over somebody because you think you have a greater revelation of something than someone else. Because there's always going to be somebody that has a greater revelation of something than you. Just instead, be proud that you read the word and understood it. And be grateful that you have the level of understanding that you have and just pray, Lord, I know there's more uh, to these scriptures. Just show me more. Show me what, what else is in there. All right, chapter 16 is pretty much just his closing. Uh, and he does his shout outs, so to speak. He mentions a few people. And I, th- I think that's it's good to read because it helps remind us that this is an actual letter that went to actual people, uh, sort of gives us a little perspective. And he talks about some of the Christians, some of the people, uh, and then he mentions some ladies uh, by name for those of you who thought ladies couldn't be in ministry. Ha! There you go. Uh, some that carried the role of deaconesses. You know, they worked in the ministry. They helped the people. They helped him. And so he's letting the, those, the church uh, in Rome know, um, appreciate these people when they come to you because they have a heart for ministry. They have helped me out. They've helped some of the other church uh, people out. And then there's also some people in this congregation that he knows and he's um, had relations you know, or dealings with before And so he greets them, you know, sort of makes it personal. Uh, He's greeting them. And he also talks about uh, an offering uh, that he has to, that he's collected, that he's bringing. And that again shows us the unity and that there was uh, a church made uh, mostly of Gentile believers. And it came to their attention that there were some Jewish believers, some Jewish Christians that had fallen on hard times. And so they took up an offering uh, to send to them. And I think that is wonderful when we do that, when we recognize that sometimes there's going to be believers, uh, you know, some other believers that some things have gone on in their, in their lives or what have you, and they need some help. And part of being a unified body is that when I am able to help with something, I do. If you're able to help with something, you do. Now, there are some situations that go on that all you really have to do is throw some money at it. Those are nice, right? Because that's all you got to do. It doesn't require any thought, you know, if it's something you just, just need. I got a problem. I need to throw a little bit of money at it. And that problem's going to go away. There are some problems you can't do that. Some problems you have to throw yourself at. And you have to spend some time with that person in prayer. Spend some time showing them another way or being there for them when they're in a time of mourning. If somebody's lost a loved one, you can't just throw money at that. Now, some people, you you know, you send a flower and that's all they're going to do. But, you know, and the flower is nice, but sometimes you have to send you. So we need to be mindful of that and discerning uh, in our fellow brothers and sisters' lives that sometimes there will be somebody in our ministry that needs a little special one-on-one attention. That doesn't always have to come from the pastors. You know, think about in growing up, those of you that grew up with brothers and sisters, there were some times that mom and daddy was the answer to the situation, but sometimes siblings just need to sit down and talk with one another. Spend some time with each other. And that helps to make us stronger uh, as a as a body, as the body of Christ, as a local ministry, uh, when we can sit down and share with one another. If I'm going through something and I need just somebody to listen to me, then be available to listen. Uh, and if I am in a situation where I need money is the answer. Well, if there's something you can do, 
then help. But be mindful that just because somebody has a financial need doesn't mean that money is the answer to their problem. We have to be careful about that because some people have a financial need because of decisions, not only decisions that they made in the past, but decisions that they keep making and keep making and keep making. And those people, you won't be able to put enough money. That's a bottomless pit. There's not enough money to, to put it, you know, to cover up that hole because there's something else they need. There's a step back that they need to be ready to evaluate uh, their situation and what choices they're making. And if that person sincerely wants help, then when you tell them, well, let's take a look at where your money's going and let's see if we can fix this problem, they'll be open to that. But if they say, well, if you ain't gonna let me borrow the money, just say that. Well, then that's the easy answer. Nope, I'm not. Because they're not even open. They don't want help. They just want a quick fix. They want you to keep giving and keep giving. And we have to be good stewards over what we have. So if there's somebody that, you know, has something, has a need, you know, us in here, if we've got a need, even if it is, you know, you need somebody to sit down and talk to you uh, if there's something going on in your life uh, and you're having a problem, it may not be money related. It could be relationship oriented, you know, and I may see, well, you keep, if you keep going to that same place, if you keep picking up people at the bar, then you know maybe your relationships are all gonna keep ending out that same way. So perhaps instead of going to your local tavern to find the one, maybe there's something else. You know that song, looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> but if they say, no, uh-uh, I believe God told me that's where my husband was gonna be. Well, Okay, all you can do is step back and pray for that person, right? Because perhaps, you know, because God can tell us something, we not get a full understanding. Maybe he will be, you know, at that bar because he had a flat tire one day or something like that. But that doesn't mean you go in and try to pick up every young fella that's sitting in there. So, but when somebody is in a need for help, if they are open, and we have to think about that because we've, we've Pastor, I've told us before, unsolicited advice comes across as criticism. And so you have to be, when you see something, somebody that needs something, because there have been people I look at and I think, I know what's going on and I could help them, but you have to be prayerful in how you approach people because some people are not ready for help. Some people may not know yet that they need help, or some people just may not want to hear it from you. Because they may take it as you just think you're stronger than me in that area and you know, you just holding stuff over my head. So sometimes God shows us things about people so we can take it in prayer and then be watchful for an open door. And it could just be, you know, the opportunity comes along and you can throw, you know, one or two words, you know, over there and then you, you know, you go on and you never know what kind of impact. I've had people tell me things and, you know, just it's almost seemed like it's in passing. Uh, and the word just jumps out to me. So we have to be open for growth. No matter how strong we are, there's always room for growth. I'm open for growth. And I tell people, you know, lots of, I mean, all the time, wisdom comes from anywhere. And that's a prayer that I hope that you pray that, Lord, please, um, you know, have my ears. I want to be attuned to wisdom from wherever it comes. It can come from a small child. It can come from an older person. It can come from, you know, just somebody. It can come from a television show. It can come from a drunk on the side of the road. Huh? 
the cashier at Walmart. It can't, it can come from anywhere if we're open. And that's how we should be. Because think about it. You want people to be open to hear what you have to say. You need to be open to hear what other people have to say. And even if when somebody tells you something, if you think, well, I don't know, I don't know about that, you know, right now, just, you know, sort of file it away. Cause I've had people tell me some things. I'm like, hmm, okay. And then you sort of tuck it away back there and then you may not be at the place just yet where that applies, but then you may come to that place where that means something to you. Okay, it's been a good ride, folks, but we are finished with Romans. Yay! Now, it could go a lot deeper than we went, but I think we did a pretty good surface study of Romans. Uh, so hopefully you got something out of that and maybe you'll be encouraged to go in and, and study some sections in a little bit more detail than others. Uh, but that finishes up for Romans. So what we will do next week, um, do it one quick review over the week, uh, over this week, if you just sort of flip through and bring your questions and we won't record next week. We'll just do question and answer. And we may do, I may try to go back and do a quick overview of each section as we had it broken up but bring any questions or comments or if you know maybe God showed you something that we didn't bring out because uh, we didn't cover every verse uh, then you know by all means bring that out or just your testimonies as to how studying this has helped you uh, and that will be how we finish out our last Sunday school of the year does anybody have any questions before we dismiss nope great all right well you are dismissed we pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.